Hola, and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas llavitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and today in episode 45, we'll be talking about false friends. We'll also be talking about a cultural tip on some basic facts regarding the country of Colombia. So sometimes words in Spanish that look familiar may not actually mean what you think they mean. So here are 10 examples to help you avoid making those rookie mistakes. So let's begin first by explaining what a cognate is. Cognates are words in one language that look similar to known words in another language and share the same meaning. As an English speaker studying Spanish, which is a romance language, as our French and Italian, you might notice many similarities that prove useful. For example, competición means competition, personal is the same word in both languages, right? Personal, personal. Secreto means secret, los Estados Unidos is the United States, and even cognado means cognate. But what happens when a word looks like a cognate, but it really isn't? This is known as a false cognate, or cognado falso, or more commonly, a false friend, un amigo falso. One of the more well-known examples is the Spanish word embarazada. While it looks like English is embarrassed, don't fall into his trap by saying estoy embarazada. You see, embarazada means pregnant. So if you're trying to say you're embarrassed, but say estoy embarazada, You'll either get some really weird looks, especially if you're a guy, or a congratulations. Instead, you would want to say, Estoy avergonzada. I am embarrassed. To help you out with these tricky false friends, here's a list of 10 to be on the lookout for. The first one is gracioso or graciosa. Now, this looks like gracious, right? But it really means silly or funny. For example, El es tan gracioso. He is so funny. To say gracious, you would want to use cortés, which is more like courteous, or elegante, or even refinado or refinada, which is more dignified. Or you could even use benévolo, which is more like benevolent, depending on what kind of gracious you are aiming for. Number two is ropa. In Spanish, this means clothing or clothes, not rope, which is la cuerda. So for example, Necesito comprar más ropa para la fiesta mañana. I need to buy more clothes for the party tomorrow. Ropa is clothing or clothes, and rope is la cuerda. Next is la misericordia. If you're a Catholic, this is a very common word when talking about Jesus Christ or the Virgin Mary. No, it doesn't mean misery, which is exactly what I thought it meant the first time I saw it. It means mercy. For example, Jesus is a God of mercy. Jesús es un Dios de misericordia. To say misery, you would use la tristeza or la miseria. Next is el alma. Now, Spanish is a very expressive language, and the word alma is used a lot when talking about love or feelings. It means soul but it can also be translated as heart, depending on the phrase. An interesting side note, alma is technically feminine, but because Spanish nouns that start with the stressed a use masculine nouns, kind of like agua, you would say 
el alma, but its adjectives would be feminine. For example, mi esposo es mi alma gemela. My husband is my soulmate. Notice how gemela is the feminine adjective, but it's always el alma. Pretty cool, huh? Anyways, if you wanted to say alms, which is what el alma looks like, in Spanish, you would say limosna. Number five is el bigote. No, this is not the Spanish word for bigot. It means, wait for it, mustache. To describe someone as a bigot, you would instead call them intolerante or fanatico, fanatica. Although, please don't go around calling people bigots in any language. But if you want to say mustache, the word is bigote. For example, Ramon tiene un bigote impresionante. Ramon has an impressive mustache. Do you know anyone with an impressive mustache? If so, please feel free to tell them that they have un bigote impresionante. Next is el teniente. If you're trying to talk about someone who is a tenant of a building, teniente is not the word you're looking for. You want arrendatario, arrendataria, or inquilino, inquilina, but teniente or tenienta means a lieutenant or a deputy. For example, el teniente resultó herido en la batalla. The lieutenant was injured in the battle. According to wordreference.com, it's also a Spanish colloquialism that's similar to how we say in English that someone is deaf as a post. Mi perro está teniente. My dog is deaf as a post. Next is un regalo. While regalo looks very similar to the English word regal, the word actually means gift. An example of un regalo is mi hermano me dio un regalo de chocolates. My brother gave me a gift of chocolates, which, let's be honest, is always a good gift to get. Another phrase from wordreference.com is ser un regalo para la vista, which is our equivalent of to be a sight for sore eyes. Literally translated, it means to be a gift for the sight. Ser un regalo para la vista. Number eight, la libreria. This word took me quite a while to get the hang of because you see, it looks like the word for library, which is one of my favorite places to go. But if you go to a libreria, you'll have to pay for your books, as it actually means bookstore. A library is la biblioteca. So for example, cada vez que voy a la librería, siempre tengo que comprar uno o dos libros. Whenever I go to the bookstore, I always have to buy one or two books. Now, I don't know about you, but this is definitely a weakness for me. In those used bookstores where you can get a ton of books for like five bucks, those I struggle with. My husband and I both, we love, 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 love used bookstores. Anyways, number nine, un éxito. Now, don't start looking for the accent just yet. This word in Spanish actually means success. But if you want the exit, then look for la salida. For example, su negocio fue un gran éxito. Her business was a huge success. And finally, number 10, una decepción. In Spanish, this means disappointment. I'm not sure why, but this feels more appropriate for disappointment rather than our own English word. 
For example, la película fue una gran decepción. The movie was such a disappointment. Now, if you want to talk about a deception, you would use the word el engaño. All right, that's all for our list of 10. If you want to learn even more false friends, I've included links to articles from Fluent U, Real Fast Spanish, and Lawless Spanish. Lawless Spanish provides a huge lift and it's alphabetized because they are very organized. For a few resources in Spanish, you can also try a few lists by Babbel and Verbling. And I've also included those links in the show notes. So that's it for our Amigos Falsos. Let's go ahead and go to our cultural tip for today. So our cultural tip for today starts the first of three tips regarding Colombia. So a few country facts. The official name of Colombia is the Republica de Colombia, and it's named after Christopher Columbus. Its size, well, if you're looking at a map from the CIA World Factbook, Colombia is about the size of the man in the middle of America. You know what I'm talking about? How if you look at a map of America, there's a man kind of in the middle where Wisconsin's the hat, Iowa's the face, Louisiana's the foot, etc. So Columbia would be about the size of that man if you stretched it out a bit. This is, this is not a scientific measurement. This is just me looking at the two maps and comparing. Uh, location, so Colombia is located at the top of the South American continent, above and to the west of Brazil. Its government type is a presidential republic, meaning it's a representative democracy with a presidency that's separate from the legislative body. So similar to what we have here in the United States, but the presidency is more separate. There's not quite the same checks and balance system that we've got. Now, the capital city is Bogota, and the religion, well, based on a 2014 estimate, most of the country is Roman Catholic at about 79%, and then 14% is Protestant. The official language is Spanish, and the currency is the Colombian peso, or the COP. Now, a brief history of Colombia. Colombia, Ecuador, Panama, and Venezuela all used to be one country called Gran Colombia, which gained independence from Spain on July 20th, 1810. It then splintered in 1813 into Colombia, Ecuador, and Venezuela, with Panama becoming its own country in 1903. Now, the 1990s through the 2000s saw conflict between the government, paramilitaries, and anti-government insurgents. In 2006, the paramilitaries demobilized, they were also known as the United Self-Defense Forces of Colombia, or AUC, and in 2016, the Colombian government signed a final peace accord with the insurgents, or the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, known as FARC. The peace agreement demobilized, disarmed, and reincorporated the FARC members into society and created three new institutions, a truth commission, a coordination unit for finding those who disappeared during the conflict, and there were many, and a special jurisdiction for peace for overseeing conflict-related criminal justice. So, you can get all of this information and more from the CIA World Factbook, but there you have it, a brief introduction into Colombia. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources I used for this episode. 
If you would prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey, so if you have any questions about Spanish culture or grammar, or if you need a Spanish-to-English translator or language consultant, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information at www.languageanswers.com. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey. Aprovechalo, disfrútalo y compártelo. See you in two weeks. Hasta luego.